Please be seated. This afternoon, and it is now just afternoon, we come together for a very unique purpose. Unlike any other service during the course of the church year or any other thing that we do at this church, whether it be Bible study, prayer group, fellowship event, meal, whatever we do, this afternoon is completely unique in that today we have come together to intentionally disobey the Bible. Did you just hear the reading that I read? Worse, we're going to intentionally disobey Jesus Christ's specific instructions. In just a moment, when I'm through preaching, I'm going to invite you to come forward and to receive ashes on your forehead. I'll make a mark on your head, and you'll go back out into the world, and everyone will know where you've been. They might not know what particular kind of church you went to, but they'll know something about your spiritual life, your life of faith. You'll, in a sense, maybe even only accidentally, be practicing your piety before others. So listen again to Jesus' words. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before other people to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what are we doing here? Why have we braved the frozen tundra outside to come here to do something that Jesus seems to specifically be telling us not to do? And I will submit to you that this service, this Ash Wednesday service, is one of the most misunderstood things that we do as a church. The real imagery, the real significance about what we're going to do, which, by the way, is profound, has been lost over years of sort of unthinking, coming to church, getting the ashes, going back out. Coming to church, getting the ashes, going back out. It's very easy to think of these ashes as a sign of your faith. Sort of like wearing a cross around your neck or a what would Jesus do bracelet. It's a way to let people know that you're a Christian without having to get into an uncomfortable conversation. (laughs) They see, oh, so-and-so is wearing the ashes on their forehead. They must have gone to church today. But again, Jesus seems to be adamantly opposed to just this sort of thing. Doing anything that would let other people be aware of the strength of your faith. He says we shouldn't even let other people know when we pray. And then in his most sort of stirring image, he says that when we give to the poor, our right hand shouldn't even know what our left hand is doing. Right? Not only shouldn't other people know about the good spiritual things that you're up to, your need to be seen doing the right thing should be so disconnected from you that even the two sides of your body shouldn't even know. The right hand and the left hand shouldn't know what the other is up to. Does anybody here have a friend? I know that you yourselves are not like this, but perhaps you have a friend who always has to let you know about the wonderful things they've accomplished in their life. It just sort of happens to come up in every conversation that they went to Harvard. Or that time they hiked up Mount Kilimanjaro. Or that 
Billy Joel stole, stole the tune for Piano Man from them. Just Whenever you're talking to this person in your life, the thing that they always bring up comes up again. I'm one of them. Remind me sometime to tell you about, about my SAT scores. They're great. It's very difficult for us to get away from this desire to have our accomplishments be known by others. I was, in fact, very disappointed when they changed the scoring system for the SAT from 1600 to 2400, however many years ago it was, because now my SAT scores become completely unimpressive, and nobody knows what they are or what they mean. They say, didn't you even do the third section? But that's what we're doing here. This is what Ash Wednesday is all about training ourselves to make this separation from the things that we do and our need to be recognized for the things that we do. So having this ash on your forehead today, far from being an opportunity for you to show everyone in your life that you've been to church today, the symbolism of these ashes And remember what I'll say to you when I put the ashes on your head. I will say, remember that you are dust. And to dust you shall return. We get the ashes today to remind us, as though we needed more reminding, but to remind us today and through Lent especially, that we are merely human. In fact, there's a song called Human by a group called the Human League. This is a song from 1986. I'm sure you're all familiar with it on the radio. It's one of those sort of really um, non-creative songs where the group is the Human League, the album is called Human, and the song is also called Human. But it includes these lines. I'm only human of flesh and blood I'm made. Human, born to make mistakes. This is an apt description of what it means to be human. It's actually strange for such profound words to be coming out of a British synth-pop group from 1986. But there they are. You can't argue with them. To be human is to make mistakes. Born, they say, to make mistakes. To be human is to be in need. To be human is to be less than you could be. When was the last time that you did something really great and somebody congratulated you for it and you said, well, I am human. It's never happened. Not one time in the history of the world has somebody invoked their humanity as evidence for the great thing that they've done. Rather, we invoke our humanity when we've messed something up. We say, I'm only human. I'm only human. And so on Ash Wednesday, when we come forward and we place a mark on our heads, it's not to call attention to how great we are, how spiritual we are, how impressive it is that we actually came out of our house today, drove here on these not-so-wonderful roads and bundled up and proved our faithfulness. It's not as much a diamond ring as it is a scarlet letter. Right? This is a mark on our heads, an admission of weakness, an admission of shortcoming, of humanity. 
But Ash Wednesday and Lent don't need to be extra depressing, right? It's not a 40-day grind until we can finally eat chocolate again. Remember something else that Jesus said when the Pharisees were angered that he was eating with tax collectors and sinners, the humans, right? Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, he says, but sinners. And that's really it. That's the thing. That's what we're here on Ash Wednesday to celebrate. On Ash Wednesday, maybe more than any other day, we get the whole story of salvation in a neat little package. First, the bad news. We're humans. We're going to come forward and we're going to get a mark to prove it. We're going to go out into the world admitting that we are but human. We are in need. We are not all that we could be. Our left hand always knows what our right hand is doing. But then, the good news. That's capital G, capital N. The good news, the gospel itself, the humans like us, who've been marked as such, marked as in need, we're the ones Jesus came for. He says specifically, I came not for the healthy, I came for the sick. The righteous have no need of me. Jesus came for humans like us. So this afternoon, as we take the ashes onto our foreheads, let us enter Lent with these two truths at the front of our minds. First, we are human. We are in need. But second, Jesus is the Christ, and he comes to meet our needs. The good news of Christ's salvation overpowers the bad news that we are humans. And humans, you and me, are saved. Amen.